Happy Friday, guys. Welcome back to the penalty box. This is episode eight. Yeah, already. That's crazy. Um, We received a lot of good feedback from our communication episode, which was great. But Holly and I had a bit of a communication (laughs) barrier this week. Why don't you tell us about it, Holly? Okay, well, I didn't even know anything about it for several days. Um, Okay, so for some reason, my phone and my iPad messages, they used to be connected now they're completely separate for some reason. I don't know what I changed, but, um, so sometimes, like, for Claire, it is the same chat, but for me, it's, like, completely different. So if I get messages on my iPod, iPad, I don't see it on my phone. So Claire was messaging my iPad, which normally I use, like, every day, but for whatever reason, I hadn't touched it for, like, several days, and she's like, hey, like, when do you want to record? no answer yeah I texted you I texted you three days in a row (laughs) and no response and I and you were posting on Instagram (laughs) and and Facebook I saw you I saw some activity on Facebook and I was like this either she's mad at me or she's not getting my messages but you know I was just like if I message her for the fourth day in a row I feel clingy but then it got to the point that I was like okay, we need to record, like, and this girl's not answering, (laughs) something's wrong. Um, yeah, I was, I did not see any of them, and, like, I am not gonna, like, I'm not a communicator that will just straight up ignore people, like, I will, if I'm mad at you, I'll probably, I'll either tell you, or I'll just be, like, really dry, like, I'm not, I'm not ever just not gonna Mm -hmm. answer, especially for several days, especially when we have a podcast together. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and, like, nothing, nothing bad happened like I was like I did something and I just don't have any idea what I did no my technology is just a mess that's all so what about your week how was your week my week has been pretty mm, pretty mundane but today I actually started watching a documentary that coincides with our topic kind of um I started I don't know if you've heard about obviously you've heard about the scandal but there's a new Netflix documentary called Operation Varsity Blues and it just kind of covers the whole um situation that happened with like the admission scandals in oh. the, in America. Mhm. Yeah, like the Lori Loughlin and Felicity yeah. Huffman like that whole thing. Um I'm about halfway through it. It's really good. So they've kind of Did you end up seeing The Social Dilemma? Yes. So you know how they kind of like acted out like, it's, like, real transcripts and stuff, but they act it out, so it's kind of, like, um, like, it, it feels like a movie, but it's, like, a documentary. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of similar style, so they have all these real transcripts from, like, I think his name's Rick Singer. He's the, um, kind of the madman behind this whole operation, um, or behind the whole scandal. Anyway, it's his, like, actual phone calls with people, but then they've hired actors that look like the people on the other end and yeah so it's it's super interesting like thinking about like the grades that we had to get to get into university here and like we don't come from like high profile families that could afford to just like buy our way into school yeah but up until this happened I had no idea that that was even a thing like I knew about donations of like making a good reputation by donating to a school and that's kind of like the backdoor method they explain like um if you make a big donation then maybe you'll have a higher chance of getting your child into school but it's not a guarantee mm-hmm. but like I did not know about this whole like side door scheme that they were doing yeah it's pretty like I, I don't know a whole lot about it I haven't looked into it that much but it is it's pretty messed up like would love if I could just buy my way into anything but it's it's like that's what I don't understand is their kids are how would they do well in school if they're not 
prepared enough to be there. Well, that's the thing. Um, you know that YouTuber, Olivia Jade? Yeah. How she... So she got in. Um, I think she got in on, like, the... Uh, like the rowing team or something, which she was not an athlete. And anyone who watched her YouTube videos knew she was an athlete. So the fact that she got in on an athletic scholarship or, like, an athletic entry was shocking to a lot of people. And then she's making YouTube videos, like, I hate school. Like, I'm grateful to have education, but, like, I hate school. I just want to party. And, like, literally saying this stuff online, it's so disheartening. And it just, like, goes along with the whole, like, if you, like, buy your way through things or your parents buy your way through things like it loses your value of hard work uh-huh. like you have no idea what hard work is anymore and like when she went on the red table talk with um like the the smith family uh, did you see that on facebook no i haven't seen it she went in on the red table talk and um they kind of chewed into it but like they were like they weren't, like, soft or warm or welcoming. They are fully, like, what you did was wrong. And, like, you can... This is your platform to speak on it, but know that nobody here is happy about what you did. Nobody's or is proud of you. Or <laughs> nobody feels bad for you. No. Pretty much. So, I feel... I'm, like... She doesn't seem like a very genuine individual. And, like, how could you if you're raised in an environment that's fueled like that? Yeah. No, so. like, you've, you've never had to work for a thing in your life, and your parents are enabling it. Um, nope. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's gross. I don't like that. Yeah, so today we're talking, our episode's called Overworked and Underpaid, and that is, we're just going to cover some things that we've struggled as students who had to work our butts off to pretty much get nowhere. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, I, for one, have really not been a fan of online schooling. Um, I... I mean, I decided to take this program at the last minute. It's basically, like, I'm a biomed now, so I fix medical equipment. Um, And the program I'm taking now is, I'm able to bridge into it so I can get the four-year bachelor's degree in two years. Um, And so the reason I decided to take it is I'm like, hey, we're in a pandemic right now. It's going to be online, so it'll be easier. Um, So, yeah, and and then I can still work because it's online. So that, that works for me. So I thought... Um, for me, I, like, I have found it very, okay, I'm someone who really values, like, me time and, like, relaxing and, like, just, like, I, I, my mental health would be horrible if I didn't, so I'm, like, that is a priority for me, which is bad when you're a student, um, but I found it really, really easy to forget about my schoolwork and put it off and neglect it or whatever, um, so, first semester of this program so just in the past fall I like was in a really bad place just after a breakup I like was neglecting school worse than I ever had um yeah it it really took a toll on me and it showed in my grades too so I ended up um what I thought I was I thought I was just barely passing this course I was like hey this is what I need it's fine like passing is a 50 is fine Um, and I didn't find out until the next semester that I did not pass because 50 was not the passing grade. Um, and like, so I did find it. It is in the course outline that what the passing grade is, but it's on like page five in like small print. I'm sorry. I'm not reading. I'm not reading the whole course outline. Like put it on the first page in bold. Like I don't, (laughs) um, but yeah, so that like, that was really rough. Like it, it, 
it shouldn't have happened that way. I know it's my own fault, but um, I felt I felt very frustrated and lost there. Um, so it turns out I couldn't do the next class that came after that one um, because I didn't pass. So I knew that. I was fully aware of that. I talked to my student <laughs> advisor. I was able to take it next year. No problem. I'm going to be a little bit busier next year. That's That's totally fine. I was supposed to have placement coming up pretty much now, um, and I found out, like, two weeks ago that I'm not eligible for placement. Like, I had been... That's crazy. I had been organizing my placement, like, since January, trying to get information for it since January. Like, I had already talked to my employer about it um, to prepare to do placement at work so that I can still make money, um... Because it's a 14-week placement, it's a long time. So, you know, it would, be, it would be hard to, you know, not make money for 14 weeks. But then I find yeah. out that I'm not eligible for it, which means that I have to tell my boss, hey, by the way, I can't do placement because I failed a class. Uh, which is embarrassing, right? Like, if I, if I found out about this earlier, then I wouldn't have had to have that conversation. I just, I don't know, I didn't understand why I didn't have access to this information beforehand. Um, yeah. And, like, that's the thing, is, like, all the information was there, but when you're online, you have to, you're really on your own, like, you really have to rely on your own, um, what's, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, you have to rely on your own own motivation, your own initiative, your own motivation, and, um, yeah, like, you don't have, like, the face-to-face, like, you need to have a 60 to pass this class when you're in every lecture, and it's so easy to skip lectures and stuff, too, just because, like, okay, well, I'm working this day, so I'll go back and watch it later, um, yeah, I've had a lot of problem with that, this, this semester has been better, because I'm, like, all right, learning from my mistakes, but, um, and you're also in a way better headspace this semester, so oh, I think yes. that helps. Yes, no, I don't have any, like, traumatic life events going on right now, so that, that yeah. definitely helps. Like, I was laying in bed for, like, weeks at that point, and, like, now I'm, it's it's a lot easier. But, yeah, it's it's been rough. Um, and then even still, with the pandemic, like, who knows how long it's going to go. Um, mm-hmm. If it went back to in-person learning, I wouldn't be able to work, because I work in Toronto, so it's, like an hour drive to get there. I'm not going to be able to do that and do school, so. Yeah. It has been tough, but you're schooling. You're definitely a better student than I am. (laughs) I think because, I don't know, I think in university, I really, I was like, in my second year, I kind of realized, I took forensic psychology, and I stopped having the drive for it really quickly like I lost interest in it and I didn't believe that what I was learning like I didn't really value it so I um I started taking like biology courses because I wanted to challenge myself in a different way uh but I really my university grades just did just completely reflected my drive like I Uh I passed I got my degree um but then finally I when I decided to do my postgraduate in HR um I enrolled for school before the pandemic hit. So I really had full intentions of going to downtown Toronto to do school. And then when the pandemic hit and everything got moved online, I felt a big sense of relief at first because I am such a homebody and the idea of remote learning seemed very ideal for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but then 
like first semester went really quickly and then you I don't know I think like forcing yourself outside your comfort zone every day to like meet new people and being group work in person and stuff and meet your teachers and all that just creates a different kind of comfort in school but having everything online and like there's just something more embarrassing about talking online in front of your class versus in person I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else but I get like bad anxiety about answering questions because for some reason it's just so intimidating and I get scared like is my mic working is it gonna like distort my voice can they hear me am I gonna talk for five minutes and then Mm -hmm. realize like nobody can hear me like that's happened so many presentations that like I give my whole two minute speech and then they're like um sorry your mic's not on that's the worst (laughs) do you have to keep your video on um no not usually but there are certain times that we do we usually get like an advanced warning if we're doing a presentation then yeah we do have to have our video on and we do have to like look nice but because it does interfere with the bandwidth on calls they Mm. they're not too picky about it which is nice but I'm kind of in the same situation as you like finding a co-op is like it's so defeating yeah and just right now with everything going on and not being used to the real world, I'm I'm excited about it, but not in the same way that I would be, you know, this time two years ago, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, like, if, if all of this happened two years ago, for one thing, um, I don't think I would even be in this program just because I already had a, a job um, in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the idea of going back to school was like, ugh. But because it was online, I just assumed it would be easier and I didn't have to work as hard or whatever. But my schooling that I did before was a diploma, like, and the learning from a degree and a diploma are very different. There's a lot more, like, theoretical work that has to go into a degree degree yeah. than a diploma. Um, and before, like, a lot of the stuff that I had to do was group work, and I happened to be friends with, like, some people that, like, loved school and, like, were really good at it, so that worked for me. Um, but it was, um, it was a lot different and I wasn't really prepared for it this time around. Um, I'm the same with you. The presentations are so weird. I'm like, how am I supposed to present (laughs) with these people? I've never even seen their faces. Like, it's so weird to me, but I've, I've actually have found a bit of success with that. Um, for some reason it like doesn't bother me. Actually, the last time I did a presentation, I was getting really nervous about it. And then I'm like, man, I have a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, we I'm have 12 be... listeners. Okay, I we know. can, we're good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna be fine. Like, me and my 12 listeners, we're gonna be fine. Um, but yeah, and like, the thing is, like, I, I do miss a lot of the lectures too, which is bad, but um, it's, it is really weird getting group work with people that you, like, do not know. Yeah, but I, we actually had this conversation in one of my groups the other day, so I um, was able to find a group of students with, like, the same drive for school that I have, which has been um, an issue in the past, but this group, we are working together on a few different projects because we're on the same program, and one of them was saying, like, isn't it weird that when we were actually in person school, like, you would go to the library and wait for your team to show up, and, like, you'd like look around to like try and see who's who and meet each other uh-huh. for, meet each other all for the first time and it was like so awkward and stuff and then now it's like we get on we get on Microsoft Teams and it's like let's get this done this done yeah. this done and then you leave and that's it and she was like do you think 
going forward that this is going to be the like the normal way, the typical way to meet and get stuff done, which honestly, I hope it is because yeah. it's so much more productive, so yeah. much easier, like so much more flexible. It's more practical because like, especially for group meetings and stuff, you can be anywhere. So that doesn't mean that like it's a, you know, like you have to be in downtown Toronto for this meeting, like for you, for example. Um, like I can, I can be at work on my lunch break and then be able to be in this meeting. For me, it works really well. Um, the remoteness of it. Um, and, but the thing is, like you were saying, like you sit down and you get to know these people. Like, I don't know anything about my group members for a lot of it. Um, which like we're there for school, but still like that kind of like, um, personableness of it It, like it's kind of lacking there but I don't know yeah it takes away from like the experience of you know making new friends and making new connections Mm -hmm. and stuff I feel like I've read these people's LinkedIn pages and that's about it like that's is the depth of how far I know them yeah yeah it is it is very different and really weird um and I'm finding that like with me being a horrible student I'm finding like all of my stuff you're not a horrible student I am I'm sorry not horrible just bad um I like I find (laughs) that my my stuff really starts to pile up and then by that time I've like okay I've got work tomorrow I've got these lectures tomorrow I've got I've got the podcast to do and I'm just like oh my god um it does end up it does end up piling up um but hey we're almost done this semester um something interesting that I saw on Instagram the other day that really resonated with me. Uh, I follow this girl. She's called the brain, the brain coach or the life brain coach, something like that. She posted a video of her talking about imposter syndrome. Mm. And she's like, a lot of people experience this in school and have no idea what it is. It's like you go into group work or presentations or answering questions and you just feel like I'm not smart enough to be here. Everyone else is smarter than me. And, you know, and for me, I always felt that way in my undergrad because it was true. Like I... I didn't do the work. I didn't put the work in. So that yeah. kind of like internalized within me, like everyone in this room is smarter than me and I'm just barely getting by. But for my situation now where like I, I really do the work and I'm really interested and passionate about it, I still feel that way. Like I still go into a meeting thinking like, you know, until I actually get going and talking about it and like confirming with myself that I understand what we're talking about. But before that, I like I go in thinking like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be here, how did yeah. I, how did I end up here, yeah. you know, which, it's such a weird, th- like, we underestimate how smart we are all the time, and, you know, we forget that hard work pays off, Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, like, no. one person answering all the questions, and you're like, oh, she's so smart, like, why can't, why am I not confident enough to do that? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing, is, like, so many people are different, just because somebody's confident enough to give all their answers doesn't necessarily mean they're smarter than you, they might be more confident, um, that just reminds me of, like, I watch Jeopardy with my family, like, every single night. We love Jeopardy. And Wheel of Fortune. Can't forget that. But there's, like, so many times when I'll know the answer, but I'm, like, too scared to say it. And then they'll say it, and I was right. And I'm like, dang it. Like, why didn't I just say and it? you kick yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, why am I so afraid to be wrong? Like, that's the thing is, like, winners, winners don't quit. Um, and they're not afraid <laughs> to be wrong, though, either. Like, if you aren't wrong, you're not going to grow. You're not going to grow from your faults or anything at all. So that's how you gain more knowledge is by making mistakes. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. Which, like, accepting that you're going to make those mistakes will build your confidence, too, though. Yeah, and even I've, um, I've been experiencing, like, a different form of that with applying to jobs, is, like, I've had to apply to a ton of jobs for my co-op just because, um, the pandemic's, um, really minimize the amount of opportunities that there are for us, um, but yeah, going into, like, applying for jobs, like, I read the job description, and I feel so defeated, like, there's so many other people that are gonna, you know, get this or in line for this before me, and then I had to talk with my mom, and she's like, you, you need to just apply, you just need to throw the resume out, write a cover letter, get these out there, because if you don't apply, you know 100% that you're not going to get a job. You miss you 100%. Of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. I knew you were, I knew Michael you Scott. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that's so true what you were saying. It's like we're, we're so afraid to lose. It's like a pride thing almost. But it's like you're literally just going to stay in the same bubble for your whole life if you're afraid to take a step forward or to yeah. take a risk. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen if you give the wrong answer in class? Certainly nobody's going to remember it. They're going to be like, oh, yeah. okay, that was, that's what I was thinking, too. So That's like, so true. And and I think, like, we picture everyone else, even though, like, we personally went to it. It's like putting a resume out there. You picture, the like, the person reading your resume, like, laughing, like, oh, my God, they no. spelled this wrong. Or, like, like, they're dumb. Like, as if they'd ever get it. Like, you picture these people, like, framing your, your application on the wall, yeah. like, in their hall of fame you know (laughs) and you know what like for the most part they're going to be skimming through them quickly so that's why you want to have points that are like easy to find and like crucial to your resume and not worry about the little tiny stuff because they're they have a lot to sort through they're not worried about that yeah it's it's the human condition sometimes we're just a little bit too prideful to even try and that's yeah that's an issue. So, yeah, if you're, if you're going to take something away from today, it's just take a risk. And, you know, sometimes it's like, for me, when I apply for jobs, I don't tell people. Because no, don't tell <laughs> if people. If I get interviews and stuff, I don't tell people. But because also I don't, competition, so don't tell people. <laughs> that. But I don't want people asking me at, like, a family dinner yeah. or, like, a birthday party, like, oh, how's that, you know? And you're just like, shut up I really wanted to talk talk about about the fact that I did not get the job thank you (laughs) yeah like okay I am a failure we know (laughs) you know that I know that and now everybody here knows that so if we could just you know so for me I don't tell people I tell like Mm -hmm. my mom typically but you know until I secure a job nobody's gonna know yeah nobody's gonna know that makes sense completely (laughs) um what has the so do you think that the job search has gotten better or worse with the pandemic way worse worse like less jobs less jobs or more people applying both for my situation both because my this is like the largest um like cohort of students they've taken like the largest intake for my program Mm -hmm. and we had quite a bit of people that dropped out halfway through because it was difficult and having like the big transition from in-person to online is difficult for a lot of people uh, but we still had like a really big class and then um, there was a big reduction of jobs so they kind of tell us like okay you know there's only so right now I think our last update there was like 50 jobs available but then our school there's 200 of us fighting for 
these 50 jobs but then there's two other schools that are wow. like um in, in the in the network for it so is this they've 50 created jobs like a in ontario or in canada no i think it's in toronto it's okay. like the jobs that are offered through the school portal okay. so places that george brown has networked with to get right. these um doors open a little bit for us but they've created this online simulation so it's like a fake job almost um where you can get the requirements you can fulfill all the requirements for the summer so you can still graduate on time but it's just not the same kind of experience you would have in a job so yeah i mean it's both it's just like a plan b that they've introduced this year it's very new but it's good to have that kind of plan b and it's also good that they're recognizing the difficulty we're having that's one thing that I'd like to talk about when you said it's very new is that I think that a lot of the students are kind of feeling like test subjects with this because the oh schools God, aren't yeah. really sure how to handle all of this online learning because they weren't fully prepared for that either. And then with us, like kind of just like going along with like the professors not really knowing what to do either. Um, I mean, obviously, they're getting used to it at this point. Like this is the way it's been for a year. But um you know, things are, they're just trying to figure things out as they go, because nobody really knows exactly how long this is going to be, or what's going to happen, um, and lots of people applied to school thinking that they were going to be in there in person, which completely mm-hmm. changes things for everybody, so, um, I think that's really interesting, like, just to see the, the difference in the dynamic of it. Yeah, and I get nervous, because the field that I'm going into is very people-focused, and a lot of, the tasks I would be doing on a day-to-day is dealing with people in person or, you know, phone conversation and stuff. And because I'm not really getting that experience right now, like, everything is kind of online, um, I'm nervous that once we make that transition back to real-world experiences that I'm going to have this, like, anxiety of, you know, just, like, getting used to being a human again. Does that make sense? I don't know. It sounds weird. Yeah, I think that, like, once everything goes back to normal, it is, it's going to be hard for a lot of people in their jobs, especially for, like, new graduates. Like, my job is, um, it's very technical, which this degree is less technical than what I'm already qualified for, but I know that a lot of, um, like, my peers in the program who had to do the full four years, they're learning all of this technical stuff during the pandemic, so they're on their own going into the labs trying to learn this stuff and they can't really have a full class or have somebody actually show you how to do the hands-on work um and that Mm -hmm. has got to be really hard because it's a lot different than learning it on a slide when you do it in front of you like I'm a lot better at the technical hands-on work than I am with a theoretical work um so and thankfully I don't really have to do any of the hands-on work right now anyways But, um, and then even with placement, with these people going into their placement now and having to be right in there and they're like, well, what, what do you mean I have to go in and do stuff? I've been doing it online for all this time. I don't know. I just think it's, it's gotta be pretty hard on people. Like the transition would be very different. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird world out there right now, but I'm hopeful that the transition back will be a lot smoother than the transition out of that. (laughs) And and hopefully soon. (laughs) Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah we will see well um thanks for listening to us complain about school for 20 minutes yeah thanks for listening to us in general shout out complain to you, all the you time 12 <laughs> 12 of you thank you <laughs> um all yeah, right well so like, we're gonna wrap this up today yep um we will see you guys next friday thanks again for listening bye, bye guys, guys.